Welcome everybody to the 26th episode of CG Cast. Today I shall be interviewing Chris Robinson from the owner of 3D Palace. Also tagging along, I have Megan and Simon Ruth. <laughs> Ruth. Uh, Ruth. Okay, I'm horrible. Um, Chris, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. A little bit. Um, okay, I'm Chris Robson. I'm on the website 3dpalace.com, which is a video training site. We've been here for about, what, three and a half years. And uh, we've got about 55,000 members. And mainly what we do is uh, we teach people how to be good enough at 3D to go and write really irritating posts on other forums and never come back again. <laughs> uh, um, but what, what inspired you to do that, to teach? Well, funny enough, I mean, uh, it really was plagiarism to the highest degree. I mean, we've been, I've basically been exchanging video tutorials with friends of mine that are new on IRC. And um, I read an article oof, quite a few years ago in 3D World about 3D Buzz, who had this crazy idea of sending people CDs with the video tutorials on and hosting these enormous video tutorials. And I thought, well, if they can do that in the US, you know, I'd really like to give it a try myself to try and distribute some of these video tutorials we've been making. Um, I mean, at the time, we actually got quite a bit of um, support off 3D Buzz and off Jason, kind of verbally, and you know, giving us support and the "you're going to make it" kind of thing. And that's kind of how it started. We first got a lot of people thanks to 3D Buzz because they posted about us and said nice things. And then we kind of started walking on our own after that, and kind of grew from there. I mean, we started off with about 37 member. We hit 1,000. And then I think it was the following December we hit 15,000 and just kept on growing. And the whole idea really was, let's try and take all these poor students who kind of don't want to spend $120 on a two-hour DVD and give them lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff free of charge. And it worked, and it worked to such an extent that we actually kind of put quite a few of the commercial uh, video tutorial manufacturers out of business, which was a terrible and sad thing, and we all feel horribly guilty for it. Um, but no, it's been an incredibly popular thing, and once we got the free video tutorials out, and I think that was about two years on, um, I had a try at making commercial DVDs, and uh, we approached that in a whole new kind of way that no one had thought of before, which was, rather than the traditional kind of video tutorial method commercially, which was, we're going to show you three hours of time-lapse whilst I talk over the top using my most monotonous accent, we thought, well, if it's going to be that boring, why don't we just show them everything? I mean, you know, 40-odd hours on two DVDs, data style. And at first people thought, God, that'll never work. People will just be bored, rigid, they'll absolutely hate it. But no, no, it worked. And so we kind of carried on the whole idea of ridiculously long video tutorials from that back to the free section again, which is why, I mean, we've just released that, um, what's it, it's the Badger Dropship, which comes in at something like 11 and a half hours long. And... I mean, everyone else kind of likes to concentrate on just one aspect, but we always thought, well, students, when they first approach 3D, what they really want to do, they don't want to learn how to create a ball and apply Fresnel to it and things like this. They want to create a big spaceship and blow it up and then make a big robot and have it kill a puppy or something, you know? They really don't want to, uh, they really don't want to learn how to do the dull stuff, and they'll just get bored immediately. And so that's kind of the angle we went for, and it's been horrendously successful. But um, now, I mean, we have the fun task of keeping it going, as it were. It's where the challenge lies at the minute. It means that I'm sitting, kind of, every night, planning out new methods of building things that are going to give ADD-affected artists something fun to do, kind of, for the next few months. Oh, uh, that's cool. It's amazing how the community supported you at the beginning with Jason. What he did was really nice, and then the members just kept growing on. I, myself, have used your um, tutorials, I've used up your bandwidth and... <laughs> yeah, fortunately now we've got a lot more bandwidth than we have used to have. I mean, when we first started, um, I started on a shared account which cost me the princely sum of like $40 a month I think it was. Yeah. And for that we got uh, 10 whole gigabytes of bandwidth. And now, I mean, looking back on that, 10 gigs is what we get through in the average kind of hour. I think we've got a 12 terabyte bandwidth at the moment that we kind of chug our way through. Wow. <laughs> so, How much yeah, does that cost? Uh, a phenomenal amount. Um, we've got four servers with our um, host over in Texas. Uh, we've got the old 3D Palace one. It's actually quite clever really because 3D Palace is run over several servers. But 3D Palace itself in the forums kind of runs on one um, almost vintage server. It's just a Celeron. 
and then all the download systems and the database and everything else runs on dedicated dual um, dual Xeon systems with two gigs of memory. I mean, most of the, si the system that the tutorials are served from is actually better than the computer I do 3D on, which is scary. Wow. But they're good systems, and of course it gives us a lot of stability compared to what we started with. So we've heard the good parts. Uh, can you tell us about the bad things that might have happened on your startup? Yeah, sure. I mean, there were quite a lot of websites, like I say, that... Um, I mean, there was a, there's always been a lot of elitism with video tutorials and, and with written tutorials. And a lot of the people who were kind of very much into written tutorials and the sites that supported them and things like that were very much kind of, oh, no, this will never catch on. No, 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 no. And, um, I mean, obviously, as, as I've said before, if you're going to give students things and you give them it free, then you're going to get a lot of initial support. And that's something that a lot of these guys didn't realize. You really have to support your student base. And that's one of the reasons that we took off. And these sites that said, oh, no, it'll never work, it'll never work, are now dead sites that don't exist anymore, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot less video tutorial and uh, written tutorial sites than there used to be because I think they forgot the important part, which is you've got to support the students. Um, other things, of course, are things like... Um, when I first started out, um, just around the time that I started using a content management system to manage the forum, we got in touch with a company that provides rendering software because um, I wanted to be able to make the renders look nice at the end and also wanted to go more in depth into rendering. I mean, I'd used Final Render and V-Ray and software like that. And at the time, a lot of people were very interested because this was still a fairly new thing. So I contacted a rendering com a company that made rendering software and I said to them, you know, is there any chance that um, you could let us have it on a discount and that I could use it to make video tutorials? And they sent me back a response saying no to both. I wasn't allowed to make video tutorials at all um, because uh, they didn't see that 3D Palace was going to go anywhere. They thought it was just a dead-end site. They didn't think it had a community and uh, they didn't think we were going anywhere. And, um, you know, that kind of thing happened from time to time, especially in the first year and a half. I mean, I still get negative moments now and again where you get people kind of dumping onto the forum and saying, your site sucks, everything's terrible, we hate your video tutorials, we hate the queue. They really hate the queue, by the way. Um, we don't like the fact that we've got to pay for your commercial stuff, we don't like the fact that we've got to wait in line, we don't like this and we don't like that. But fortunately for us, 3D Palace is very draconian. Uh, we don't actually have to kind of toe the line to any corporate sponsors whatsoever, so we can be incredibly horrible to these people <laughs> in a very public manner, and we are. And uh, I think that kind of keeps our own population under control to a degree, not under kind of Big Brother's watch any kind of way, but in the knowledge that we're not going to put up with any crap um, from people who just pop in or from people who are regulars there who think they can get involved in forum elitism and things like that. I mean, it's a hard process running a community of this size, but I'm fortunate that I've got a lot of good moderators, and I'm fortunate that basically the place seems to be pretty well. But the users seem to run themselves pretty well, so I very rarely have bad moments. I mean, the worst we have nowadays is someone posting, ha ha, I put your stuff up on a P2P network, look at me, I am clever. But quite frankly, I remember saying about, God, I can't remember how many years ago it was, you really know that you've made it in making video tutorials when you have your own folder on a P2P network. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> uh, it hits our sales and it hits our sales hard, but quite frankly, just because someone wants to sit at home and pirate our free video tutorials, I'm, uh, I'm going to stop them, but I'm not going to sit and cry in my soup about it. Yeah, that's fair enough. About the moderators, uh, is Oli from Germany a moderator? Ah, uh, Oli. Here's a, here's a cunning one, Oli. Here's a... Ollie's what I call a very senior forum member. It's quite funny, really. He's kind of a moderator and he's kind of a senior forum figure. I think a lot of people kind of respect what he's got to say, and uh, a lot of people really loved his V-Ray material sets. Uh, yeah. I really like Ollie. I mean, we'll be meeting him in Amsterdam. I'll be meeting him over in Amsterdam um, next month when we're running our seminar there. And that's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I suspect that we're going to get very, very drunk. Yeah, he was really cool. He he really helped me out. He really showed support for CG Cast when it started out. Yeah, he's a top guy. I mean, I'm really glad that he's a form regular over on uh, 3D Palace as well. I mean, he's uh, a regular over on quite a few sites like uh, Chaos Group for V-Ray and things like that. So, I mean, I'm really glad that he takes the time to kind of come on and help people over on 3D Palace as well. Yeah, it's a good shout out for Holly, uh, to Ollie. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah, we like you, Ollie. We don't really like the picture of David Hasselhoff in his <laughs> underpants, okay, but we'll let you off with that because we know you're a pervert, but those underpants, terrible. 
So, um, can you tell us the future plans of 3D Palace? I can, yeah. I can tell you pretty much what's going on. We're increasing our seminar rollout because a lot of people like that. Because, um, I mean, we do these cheap seminars, basically, where... Hang on a second. Okay. Sorry about that. We do these cheap seminars where, basically, we go over, for example, next month on the 24th and 25th, we're going over to uh, Amsterdam, where we're going to be teaching... Um, we're going to be teaching for two days on making an insect and then making it into a swarm in particle flow and then doing some render tricks and doing some procedural materials and that's going to cover two days and then, you know, each night during that there's going to be a big party <laughs> and we're all going to drink until we're horribly sick and then turn up the next morning with hangovers and it's going to be fantastic fun um, We've also got some planned in the UK but we haven't kind of cemented dates for those yet The problem is that um, the plan originally was for mobile seminars, um, but it's a very expensive process to set up because my whole plan is, well, I'm going to get ten laptops together and uh, have wireless cards in them, put them in two flight cases, and then I can go anywhere in Europe and teach wherever anyone wants, and I can have the price so low that it's cheaper than buying a pair of decent shoes. The problem with that is, of course, that it's £5,000 to buy 10 decent quality laptops bulk, so I'm going to have to wait until 3D Palace has earned a bit more spare collateral before I can do that. So in the meantime, a lot of it depends on me actually getting seminar venues that I can teach in, that have computers that I can use that are actually capable of running Macs. However, we do it cheaply. Uh, I mean, I've seen places <laughs> actually in the same city as I'm running the Amsterdam one that are charging 1,700 euros for a one-day session on learning to use the user interface and quite frankly that kind of goes against everything that I've always thought learning should be about you don't want to isolate it from the people who really want it and really need it and prices like that are just jokes quite frankly what's your price on it? Um, originally it was going to be 500 euros but I discovered I was able to get the venue cheaper so we dropped it down to 350 euros, which means that we are able to actually cover our costs this time rather than going massively in debt. Wow. Yeah, last year I ended up 1,100 pounds in debt through teaching because I really priced it at 200 euros. So yeah. this time I can actually cover my debt, which is good. What about lodging? Uh, is it find your own hotel or what? Yeah, well, we can't give you a place to sleep really, but uh, you're welcome to sleep on the floor next to us outside the station, I suppose. If you Sleeping bags. Yeah, you could just get a sleeping bag and sleep outside the station on the floor, or with some of the tramps that play the one-string guitars. Um, accommodation in Amsterdam's cheap. I mean, you can get it for 15 to 55 euros if you're really going for a kind of cheap-looking place. There's a chance you'll wake up. <laughs> oh man, that's horrible. No, but honestly, it's a really good thing that you're doing. You actually care about the students. and. Well, the thing is, we've all been there. I mean, it was what... I first started getting into 3D myself. I mean, I'd originally been a kind of, uh, I'd say programmer, but I was terrible at it. But I was a programmer and tester. And uh, around about 1997, 1998, I decided I really wanted to retrain and do something else because it was just so horrific working in the programming and testing industry. And uh, when I first started, I mean, the only thing that you could get to help you was ridiculously expensive manuals. I mean, manuals nowadays are really reasonably priced. Look at something like Pete Draper's Deconstructing the Elements. Fantastic book, very reasonably priced. But back then, I remember there was one book I bought, and it was oh, something like a 3D Studio Max project for a beginner or something, and it was £69. And it had 200 pages, and it showed you how to make an alien water tower. And it was, good Christ, I paid £69 for this. And I kicked up a fuss. I went back to the bookshop and took it back. I said, you know, I paid for this. I really don't want it. It was an unwanted gift. And I got the money back and got something else instead. I mean, the best book I ever had back at that time, and I've still got it, hang on a sec, I think, is... Uh, the 3D Max Bible? 3D, no, 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 3DS Max Bible's toilet paper. No, um, hang on, Media Animation for 3D Studio Max by, uh, hang on a sec. What's his name? Here it is. John P. Chismar. I've no idea what he does now, but uh, God damn, that was a good book. It's funny because I kind of look back on it and I still enjoy reading it, even though I've done all the projects in it. But that was kind of one of the places I started. And then I modelled a tree uh, by using a cylinder and a ball, and I was really pleased with myself. <laughs> you know, because, you know, and you see some new guy who's just posted some picture, and I mean, you know, it, chances are it might look dreadful. 
to the degree that you wouldn't believe where your eyeballs actually bleed it's that bad but you know this is a new user and this is the first thing they've done so no matter how you know how you look at this no matter how experienced you are you've always got to look at a new user's work and think to yourself well they've really tried hard with this and it's not a case of the pictures crap because they're learning the interface they're learning how to use 3d and so you must always look objectively at a new user's work and think to yourself you know well they've really tried hard with that maybe they haven't got it exactly right maybe it's just a cylinder with a ball on the top and a warp deform but you know it's their first model and you know they're going to improve and this is how you get people to improve you don't have 50 elitist snobs all jumping going hody hody ho that's the worst picture I've ever seen god get back to using posar you have people who are actually going to be there and encourage them and that's the whole thing about a learning community you should always have people to encourage people no matter how god awful their work looks at first they will get better and I've seen a lot of examples of that but have you, I remember in one forum there was this guy, he started off and he was just doing like balls and and, and spheres, spheres mm -hmm. and boxes and stuff. At first we were like, okay, that's nice. But he kept doing the same thing over and over. He didn't actually progress, he was still doing spheres and boxes. And do you encounter that type of users? Um, fortunately not. I mean, I think one of the good things about having 3D Palace the way it is and being set up the way it is, if someone comes in and says, you know, I am going to be ball king and I'm going to make nothing but balls, there is going to be something there that you can point them to and say, you know, well, the ball's nice, but why not try such and such, you know, and make it look a bit better. I mean, and I suppose another good thing about 3D Palace is we get people who tend to obsess over robots a lot rather than balls, but, I mean, we do try and direct people as much as possible and kind of give them a little bit of a push towards something if we can. Something I got a question. Yeah, thank you. Chris, why 3D Max? Good question, and a complicated one to be quite honest. Well, not really that complicated. Um, when I first started with 3D, uh, back in the day, um, I wanted to learn Maya, funny enough, which had just kind of came out because uh, it looked nice. And I really couldn't afford Maya for the life of me, really couldn't. But I got a friend who'd got um, 3D Studio Max and uh, basically kind of had a try on that and didn't understand a bloody thing I was doing. But um, I have no idea if it was legal back then or not quite frankly, but I bought a second-hand copy and uh, installed it onto the computer. Uh, had one of those dongle things that you had to plug in the back, it was really horrible and um, kind of started from there simply because there was no other software. I mean, I didn't have the internet at the time. Um, I didn't really, I was, I just kind of moved and I didn't know that many people in the area. And um, so really I was kind of on my own. I learned from manuals and things like that, as I was saying, because I didn't have anywhere else to fall back on. I think that's why the whole idea of 3D Palace kind of appealed to me, was because at the time, I'd have killed to be able to go, ah, ah, this will show me how to make a big robot or how to make a car or, you know, how to make an explosion. Because, you know, if you wanted that, it was a case of save, 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 save. Next time you go to the city, go to the bookshop, look in the bookshop, have they got the book I want? No, I'll buy that one. Oh, God, it's crap. I've just wasted all my money. And, you know, that's what it was all about. It was very hit and miss learning, but you had no choice. I mean, now it's a case of, you know, I want to learn 3D Studio Max. Uh, I'll get a video tutorial of Max, Maya, Lightwave, all of them. And then I think the problem now has kind of gone in the other direction. People have a bit too much, perhaps, and overload themselves and freak themselves out a bit. But it, when I was first starting to learn Max, and, that, you know, back then there was bugger all. Absolutely nothing. Except, of course, Gnome One. How long was Gnome One started then? I think Gnome One was possibly in its infancy then, but I mean, I didn't have the internet, so I couldn't get any of their stuff anyway. Um, uh, do you do you plan on being on the same level as Gnome One? Like, like I don't think that it'd be possible, to be quite honest, with 3D Palace to ever approach the level of Gnome One. I mean, Alex Alvarez and Gnome One are literally in the heart of Los Angeles, and they are, you know, they're a quality studio. I've just bought another Gnome One DVD myself. Um, the character modeling one for Max has just came out because it looks really good. But, um, I mean, they're fortunate. They're surrounded by industry professionals. Um, Alex Elvirez has a lot of uh, contacts. I mean, we have a lot of contacts, but, you know, I'm on top of a hill in the middle of County Durham, so it's not quite as inviting to invite somebody over to come and record a tutorial in the upstairs studio <laughs> compared to, you know, do you want to come over to Gnome One Studios in Los Angeles and it'll be really cool? Because I imagine their studios are a lot nicer than mine. Probably. And probably have a coffee machine. <laughs> 
Simon, you've been very quiet. Do you have any questions? Uh, yeah. Like, when you're recording uh, a tutorial, how do you, when, like, when you're modeling and stuff, how do you keep talking and stuff over your work without, without starting to do the, um, uh, this is what I'm doing now? Uh, and uh, the window looks very pretty. Uh, oh God, what do I say next? Yeah, I've had a few people say that to me. I mean, it's an interesting one. I've always recorded, well, not always. When I first started, I recorded the video and then recorded audio afterwards. And that's why, if you look at some of my older tutorials, like the minigun, I tend to get a bit lost because I've forgotten what I was doing. And I'll start talking about all sorts of insane things. But um, kind of with, I'll say the newer, the ones that are newer than three years old, um, it was a case of kind of practice at first, just talking about what I was doing. I mean, I've always been, had the ability of kind of to carry a conversation and keep it going well past people's tolerance level. And um, for the longer ones, though, like the DVDs, I was actually quite fortunate in a way because um, around about the time that I started making the APU set, I'd actually got a baby son um, who was around about six or seven months old, maybe eight months. Forty-nine, something like that, anyway. And um, he was still in a kind of baby tot carrier, one of those things with handles that you lug them around in. And what I used to do, because he used to enjoy it, was I put him on the desk next to my monitors. And uh, when I was recording the video tutorial, I kind of chatted at him, as if I was explaining to him what I was doing. You know, I don't know if he's got some sort of latent 3D ability or not. It could be quite cool if he has. But what I'd do is I kind of have him beside the monitor, and he'd think I was talking to him, and he thought it was awesome because he had no idea what I was talking about. And uh, that's kind of one of the ways I was able to carry the APU. I mean, after that, when I got into Ultimax, which was 80 hours of, oh God, when will it ever end? Um, I was kind of more used to talking and kind of mental filler, being able to think ahead and going, and I'm going to move this one here, and we'll just do that now. But, um, I mean, it was just a case of kind of practice, and then with the longer ones, I was very fortunate in that I had a very young baby sitting on the desk, grinning, googling, and kind of thinking it was awesome that I was talking to him for nine hours a day, non-stop. Because, like, babies really enjoy that. Well, that's, that's cool, because maybe your son will be the next 3D genius. Either that, or maybe he'll be a serial killer who hates 3D artists. I'm not sure, but it'll be one of the two. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, fair enough. We'll see. Um, uh, Megan, do you have any other questions? Um, no, not that I can think of. Um, I want to say, how do you support yourself um, besides the commercial? Duty? Well, initially with um, 3D Palace, it was a case of fortunately for it, from what I did. So and I also got some help off relatives. I mean, for two years, 3D Palace didn't pay for itself at all. I paid for 3D Palace out of my own pocket to quite a large extent, more or less, because, I mean, the server fees, software costs, and all this kind of thing. But since the DVDs came out, whilst it's not a lucrative, let's all sail on our solid gold boat on a sea of platinum and diamonds, it's enough to keep 3D Palace going, and I don't really need to worry about it too much. And um, I can pay myself kind of basically just enough to scrape by on from uh, the DVD sales. I mean, it'd be nice if everyone went out and bought 3D Palace DVDs en masse, but uh, it ain't going to pay for me a solid gold boat and a Harrier jump jet at the moment. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, you know, it'd be nice to have a Harrier jump jet. I could go down the shops in it and scare people. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to wait in line. Well, yeah, there might be a line of Harrier jump jets at the post office, because this is Great Britain, obviously. But... Well, um, I don't know. Um, where do you, what do you plan for yourself in the future, you know, beyond 3D Palace? It's kind of tricky. I have got um, 3D Palace expanding in a couple of ways that I haven't kind of told you about, simply because even though they're ready for release, they're under the table in a way. Um, there's a couple of kind of very exciting developments that we're working on. Uh, we've been testing the code for it and kind of getting it working and I think it'll be quite a big popular thing. Um, in the same way that 3D Palace has taken quite a few years to build up to what it's became, this new site is similar but completely different. It's kind of hard to explain without giving the entire game away. But I think a lot of people are going to like it and I think it's going to surprise quite a lot of people and I think that is pretty much where I see education going for the time being. I've seen a lot of websites doing what we're planning on doing and doing it in my opinion probably not wrongly but not aiming it at the right market and we're going to do it my way, the 3D Palace way and kind of see what happens. When do you plan on releasing it? Um, probably around about next month on the 15th yeah. if all goes ahead. 
and we'll not we're not going to advertise it or do anything exciting for it or tell anyone what it is. It'll just drop into place <laughs> as if it's yeah. always been there, which is kind of more our way. We're not kind of for flash advertising. We're just for trying to make it work. Give us a little hint because this episode will come out a bit late after the recording. Can give us a little hint. Ooh, ooh, a little hint, a little hint, a little hint. Well, it's the 3D Palace premise of online learning, but take, we'll say taken to the next level, let's just say. Mm. Yeah? For people who are really serious about wanting to learn, not necessarily 3D Studio Max, but learning, well, let's say, you know, if you want to learn about anything from physiology to photography onwards, we probably will be able to help you in one way or another. Hmm, that sounds pretty interesting. Could learn some astrophysics. <laughs> uh, we need to find someone to teach astrophysics before you can learn it, and somebody won't fall asleep during it. No, I, actually, I probably know someone who knows about astrophysics, so maybe if we get enough interest, who knows? Yeah, probably. I could teach a class uh, a show about podca making podcasts, <laughs> but I really suck at it, so... <laughs> I'm really... sure there's a lot worse out there. <laughs> to start. Um... I don't know, um, so, do you guys have any questions? Well, you know, you haven't actually told us anything about Chris, the man behind the, uh, behind the scenes. Tell us about, uh, a, a bit about yourself. Oh, well, um, okay, well, I live up in, uh, I live up in the wilds of Durham with, uh, a lot of children. I've got five kids, and wow. I've got, uh, my partner Amanda, who's currently knitting a scarf really enjoys knitting scarves. Amanda's an artist as well, she paints, um, she does a lot of painting and things like that, so I'm quite lucky, because uh, when I'm in a bit of a malaise for modelling, she can kind of give me a psychological kick up the arse, which is very useful to be quite honest. I mean, um, I mean, at the moment, I'm kind of pushing myself, tr really trying to have to force myself to do any modelling at the moment. Um, sometimes I go through patches like this, where your creativity ebbs and kind of grows. So it's useful having someone there who can kind of give you a kick, as it were. Um, well, let me think, what else can I say? I started 3D Palace originally on a borrowed computer that belonged to my mother, <laughs> and uh, the PayPal account that 3D Palace uses was uh, also owned by my mother, because at the time I'd managed to kind of destroy my credit record to such an incredible degree that I couldn't get a credit or debit card to validate uh, my PayPal account. So uh, that's why people get confused when they send money to the PayPal account now, wondering why it's going to some old ladies. Um, what else can I say about myself? Interest-wise, my only interests really are kind of 3D and the kids, though I do play rather a lot of EVE Online. So if anyone wants to come on and uh, blow me up as everyone else seems to do, please feel free. I heard somewhere, I'm not sure if it's true, but somebody told me that you were colorblind. Yeah, I am actually. Um, yeah, quite badly, unfortunately. I originally wanted to be an architect. I mean, I trained for years. Well, I didn't train for years, but, you know, I kind of guided my schooling back when I was at actual school for ages to go towards being an architect um, because my grandfather was an architect down in London. But unfortunately, when I did the colour blindness test, the careers advisor said, well, you can't be an architect, you know. They use coloured pencils and they use colours to denote electrical wires and plumbing and stuff, and you can't be an architect, so they won't let you into university. So I thought, you know, oh, crap, what do I do now? And uh, for a long time, I've been trained originally, uh, tried to become a primary school teacher, and then realised I really hated other people's children so much. <laughs> no, I really, though. Oh, God. And then um, I went to university again and did politics and English, and I don't know why. I really don't know why. But it was about a month into that that um, I met Amanda, and then kind of everything changed, and I left university. And How old were you then? Oh, God. Uh, 21? Yeah, how 21. Are you, how old are you now? Oh, God. 34. Wow. Yeah. It's been 13 years. God, yeah. And, um... CG veteran. Yeah. I don't know, actually, there's people doing a lot longer than me. Uh, Pete Draper, awesome, awesome 3D bloke and big friend yeah. of 3D Palace. He's been doing it a lot longer than I have. 15 years, right? Or longer than that? Um, I don't know. Uh, he's got a dark and shady history, because he was originally a ninja. <laughs> and uh, then, then he was a pirate for a while and used to sail the Atlantic. And then he became a pirate ninja, because he's that awesome. Uh, so there's a big shout out to Pete Draper. Yeah, he's pretty cool, actually. 
uh, I spoke. To, I had an interview with him, and we had a good discussion about layers. He is layers. the wild man of 3D. Uh, don't be fooled. And uh, you know, he can he can put me to shame when it comes to partying and drinking, <laughs> which is a scary thing. Really, I would never have thought that. Uh, yeah, he's a top bloke, top bloke, and his book's definitely worth getting. Uh, if I get, I'm completely broke. I can't afford anything, but. If eventually things turn out for the best. If you have two kidneys, then you can always spare one. That won't. I have a plan of living forever, or at least <laughs> to see the year 2100. That won't help. Oh, that shouldn't be too hard. Just eat plenty of bran. No. <laughs> I think uh, coca. Possibly the preservatives might keep me going. You never know. Yeah, actually, it's true. We were t we're totally off track now. <laughs> yeah, what kind of equipment do you record on? Um, I'm using an MXL condenser microphone which goes through a preamp. I think it's a. Uh, oh and there's an awkward silence. Oh, it's a Euro rack something or other which feeds into a Audigy thingy bob which goes into a. My main computer here is an X24800 with a 7900 NVIDIA graphics card and for some reason it's got 4 gig of Corsair memory which Windows doesn't use. <laughs> um, that's my main machine. The old machine, which I love dearly and called Betty, uh, was a dual Xeon 3.06 HT, but unfortunately that died on me. Um, there were some problems with the uh, PSU which caused various other problems. It turned out it was just clogged with dirt because I never turned it off so I never cleaned it out. Um, so I cleaned that out and sold it actually on 3D Palace and that went towards buying this one because I reasoned that I probably should get a new machine eventually. And this one's really nice but quite frankly the dual Xeon was better and I really really miss my dual Xeon. Why? It was lovely. It sounded like a hovercraft because it had nine fans in it. <laughs> I mean you turn it on and you go and that's all you could hear. I mean, the room was absolutely... you had to turn everything up on full blast just to hear anything. I know the feeling. I, I, I've i had my experience with two dual Xeons on at the same time. It's not nice to hear. But the processing power is unbelievable. Four buckets rendering in mental ray at the same time. When you first do it for yourself, it's just fantastic. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's true. It is. It's absolutely incredible. But, um, I mean, this is a serviceable machine. Uh, if it gives me too much grief, I'll, you know... Just go down and sell it to somebody else and get a dual Xeon again, but uh, it seems to be working okay. It's got one of those god-awful modded cases with a blue glowing thing in the middle. I've never understood the need for it, but it came free with the motherboard, so it sits blue and glowing on my desk like some sort of weird flying saucer. And just a word out to people who like modding their computer cases, it's a computer case. I don't want to kind of, you know, upset anybody there, but it's a computer case. Spend money on the insidey bits, not the glowy case. It's not important. I have a neon on my computer. Oh God! Why? <laughs> I have a neon. <laughs> do you not have a Do you not have a light in your room? You know, you can turn it. You could flick the switch on and off to give Actually, an effect. I have a problem with light bulbs. They seem to <laughs> blow out really quickly near me. I don't know why. Uh, I have my lights off. I get attacked with bugs. <laughs> uh, I, I actually haven't seen a moth flying into the blue light on the side of my computer case yet, but I am waiting. Because there's a fan in front of it, so it'll get really messy. <laughs> yeah. It'll be to fly. But the reason for the modded cases is for kids that like to go to LAN parties, you know, they want oh, to pimp of course. their case. That's something I forget about, you see. I mean, when I talk to people and say what kind of computer you've got, I'll go, oh, I've got an, uh, what do you call it, a 4800 X2, X64 with 4 gigs of memory and a 7900 AGP. And they go, oh, God, what's such and such a game like on it? And I'll go, well, what? <laughs> and they go, you know, this game, what's it like on it? Never heard of it. I mean, the last thing I played was the demo of Prey, oh. which I was told about, and, uh, you know, that's pretty new, but the demo version of Prey, and it was awesome. And, you know, I was playing it, it was fantastic, and someone said to me, you know, oh, have you managed to play it on full, like, detail? And I looked, and it was on full detail, I was like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, oh, man, that's awful, I can only get it on, like, medium settings. But, you know, I mean, most of the time, the only game I really play is EVE Online, which was made in about 1622. Um, you know, it's kind of low-res spaceship fighting another spaceship, and that's about it. And occasionally I'll play an emulated game of um, Elite First Encounters, because, you know, it's fantastic. And that was made in 1995, I think. So, I mean, if I wasn't doing 3D, this machine would be wasted on me. 
absolutely wasted. I, I noticed that getting into 3D kind of kills the passion to play games. I think it does to a degree. I mean, if there's still mm. something good out there, then you still do. I mean, Prey's fantastic. I recommend anyone to go and try Prey. I mean, I really enjoyed it. But um, I just don't see the point, really. Um, there's been nothing that's really sparked my imagination or interest that Are badly. you still playing Guitar Hero? Oh, God, yeah, Guitar Hero. I'm not sure you can call it a game, but... Well, no, it's like Dance Dance Revolution with a plastic toy guitar. It's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that... But that's an example of, uh, I mean, that's an example of playability over quality, um, over quality of graphics. That's something that a lot of people seem to be missing out on. I, mean, I know everyone's said this a billion, billion times, but you've got to look at playability over graphics. I mean, I love 3D graphics. I can talk about it until my legs go blue. But they're not important in the long run as gameplay. And exactly. I think a lot of people kind of forget that. In the same way with movies, you know, I mean, at the minute, I was talking to someone about this the other day. You've got... Um, a swathe, an absolute load of CG movies coming out. And out of those, I mean, you've got the big studios like Pixar, DreamWorks, Blue Sky. And then you've got all these kind of smaller groups that are just ferrying out CG like it's some sort of factory process. And we're going to see some absolutely god-awful CG movies. I mean, we've seen some awful ones in the past, like Ants. But we're going to see oh, some even worse ones. Ants was nice, but, you know... Uh, a lot of people are kind of on the border with it. I quite liked that. I quite like the evil crickets. But um, we're going to see some awful, really good ones, which is exactly like it was with traditional 2D, where we had the really good cartoons, and then we had a lot of fast, put-out, really junk ones just to try and get as much money as possible and as much merchandising as possible. So like I say to people, 3D isn't the be-all and end-all. It's just a tool. What really matters is a script. What really matters is gameplay. And the 3D is just there, really, to visualise what the person who's designed it was thinking about. Yeah, I never know. I don't really agree with you there, um, Chris. Because so you um, I, what, what I, what I uh, think is, it doesn't matter how many, how much detail you get on the screen, but mm -hmm. it does matter, like, um, like stuff like, uh, yeah, uh, composition and and what color you use and and how you design your characters, what they look like. I think it does have an impact on uh, how people. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you think story about, and stuff. I don't know if you think about that. I mean, look at some of the character designs for something like the Incredibles. I mean, if you look at the mm. characters for the Incredibles and compare them to the complexity of characters, for example, in Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, and that kind of defeats defeats the argument immediately because Final Fantasy The Spirits Within was basically a tech demo. Everything looked fantastic. You had air simulation. The skin was absolutely perfect. And you had these characters that were supposed to look kind of, you know, absolutely real. And it was going to be brilliant in the next stage of cinema. And then you get um, The Incredibles with these heavily cartoonized caricature people, which were a lot more simple. And it all comes down to it was the animation, it was the storyline, and it was the way it was put together compared to, I mean, you know, these photorealistic kind of human creatures from Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. It's always going to come down to the way 3D is used. You can't use 3D as a platform on its own. Oh, that's true. But that's basically what you just said is basically what I mean. Like, um, the way the characters are put together because, um, yeah, the, the design, the visualiz visualization of it is, yeah, it is part of it. You know, I, I have uh, something. I like Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think the pe the reason that people didn't like it, the the people who want to see were Final Fantasy fans. You know, they're expecting Cloud and Sephiroth and something like that, VV. Mm -hmm. But what they got was something completely different. It was a deep. Well, I don't know how deep it was. I saw it a while. But it was like a mature story. There was a secondary reason for that. I'm sorry to interrupt you all over there, but there's a secondary reason why Final Fantasy The Spirits Within put a lot of people off. Um, and it was partly to do with the quality. Now, what you look at, um, if you're not into 3D for a start, and it's a psychological thing, we've got these caricatures in, again, going back to The Incredibles, and we can see they don't look particularly human, they're caricatures, and we can kind of empathise with them, and we can get on with their zany antics and so on. But the more realistic something becomes, and the more nearly human it becomes, the more not human we can see it is. It's something trying to be human. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got the whole human reaction to something which is abnormal, and we tend to shy away from it. And that's one of the reasons that the spirits within kind of didn't appeal to a lot of people, because when they saw it, they saw these things that were nearly human, 
and they don't find it disturbing as such, but it doesn't hit the right notes in the same way as seeing a more caricaturized character would, which is why I think a lot of people have kind of avoided it. I got sad when the girl when the girl died at the end. I don't want to. Oh, I haven't seen the film. You just ruined it for me. <laughs> oh, you don't know which girl. Yeah, you want to put girls. a spoiler around that bit. There are two girls in it. the movie. <laughs> there are two girls in the movie. One of them dies, but I felt sad. I like I liked the old fella in that film. Um, I think he was voiced by Donald Sutherland. I can't remember, but I quite like that. I quite like the old fella in that simply because because he has like, like a personality. No, 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 I just like the graphics, to be honest. <laughs> I, don't, I, I find the movie, I think the movie was good. I enjoyed it, I felt sad when the character died, when all hell breaks loose. I don't see why people bash it so much. It, it wasn't what Final Fantasy, like the new one, um, Advent Children, that was like the complete opposite of, of The yeah. Spirits Within. Yeah, it was. I think the thing is, though, you've got to remember we're not looking at it from a layman's point of view. We're looking at it from people, a point of view of someone who's interested in 3D, which means we're always going to see something slightly differently. So we're going to appreciate it by looking at the technical competencies involved, whereas we're not looking at it... I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but going to the cinema for me tends to be a bit of a kind of, oh, I know how they did that kind of experience, which tends to ruin the movie. Yes. And... Yeah. Uh, I think that's something we've always got to be aware of, is that we don't look at it from a layman's point of view. We're looking at it from someone who goes, ooh, that defamation looks a bit off. I do still like uh, The Incredibles better. Yeah, it is a fantastic film. I love that film. Yeah. I think it really did. my vote is for Monsters Incorporated. Uh, that was good, but I preferred. Uh, I definitely preferred uh, The Incredibles for some reason, yeah, and I liked finding. I liked finding Nemo a lot as well because of the facial. Um, they did a lot with the faces on that because they didn't have much choice, and there was a lot of characterization in it. Yeah. No, I didn't really like that one. The Incredibles was great. What's your vote, Simon? You know, I'm still waiting to see Cars. I think Cars might top it. I think Cars will probably be kind of the summer, the summer winner. Does anybody know what Disney's next movies are? Because the the old contract is over, so... Uh, Finding Michael Eisner? <laughs> <laughs> what? The no, old... I'm just being cynical, though. I'll You're... wait for the lawsuit. <laughs> ah, have you ever gotten into any legal trouble over what you've been doing? Fortunately, no. There hasn't been any legal problems for Did you get Paris. a cease and desist letter somewhere? No, never had one. Oh, okay. I was fairly lucky. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but um, I was lucky enough to go to a meeting with an um, executive from Paramount uh, through a local company. And uh, I was chatting to him afterwards. And he's a nice bloke, but he looks like Satan. He really did. I mean, when I talked <laughs> to him, you know, you could imagine the dark clouds circling over his head. He even had a pointed goatee beard. And uh, it was a really nice bloke. And um, he was, uh, I was telling him that, you know, I was doing the APU project at the time, and I wasn't exactly sure what to do legally. And he said, well, you're using it to teach people, and you're using it as a reference. Um, your best bet is to look up, the fair look up fair use on it. And basically, if you cite fair use, and uh, you look it up properly, and make sure that you're not supplying any reference images, you should be okay. And, uh, you know, touch of wood, I haven't had a single complaint since from doing it that way. Oh, that's cool. I guess not everybody. I mean, I, well, exactly. I, as long as you don't include reference images, and I'm not putting across the video tutorial as, you know, we are going to learn how to rip off the Matrix. No, we're using this as, you know, a reference. Then I've been fairly lucky so far. Oh, that's awesome. And what about the free uh, tutorials? Um, there's never been any issue with the free tutorials yet that I've seen. Um, yeah, I thought I was complaining about the Dreadnought. No, that was a different Free thing. G Games Workshop, um, fine, fine bunch of people, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> Games Workshop, I approached them originally and said to them when they were bringing out Dawn of War, would you like it if we brought out a load of um, video tutorials for Dawn of War to show people how to mod the game and we could show them how to put Titan in? And, you know, it'd be lots of fun and make your game really cool because people be able to mod it. And they said, yeah, that'd be awesome, that's great, come down and meet us. I said, yeah, we'll come down and meet you, that'd be fantastic. So we went down. And they said, um, yeah, we're really into that idea. And then a week later they said, uh, no, we're not anymore. And that was it. Wow. Oh. And that happens a lot. Yeah, Games Workshop are strange like that. My brother used to actually run a site. Um, it was, I don't know what it was about, but it was basically Games Workshop and their games and stuff. And then one day he just got a cease and desist lawyer. Um, like, you do. My lawyers. And yeah. they just, it's, it's a good company. That's the, the good, like it was their hobby. But then they obviously got management and lawyers and stuff, and it all went down the drain, I think. Yeah, and that's the problem, you see. The people, um, I mean, no disrespect to Games Workshop, but you've got the people at the top who are the people you were talking about, and you've got the people who will work at the bottom, but in the middle of that, you've got a whole legal kind of maze to get in touch with the people at the top. 
and a lot of the time you know you'll get stopped before you even try because it's the same as any corporate culture really it gets stopped in administration it's just one of those things though that will never happen to 3D Palace I think well there's a big difference I mean we don't a lot of the things that are non-commercial uh, a lot of the things that are free for example I don't really have to worry about because they're free I'm not trying to rip any companies off and the ones that are commercial it's uh I've got a lot of stories I can tell you, but I can't tell you obviously over the air. Um, but I don't think we've got any problems. You can save the stories for a special episode of CG Cast. Yeah, a special episode. The 3D Palace stories. <laughs> the 3D Palace gets suddenly sued and vanishes episode. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Oh, I'd yeah, be 3D Palace 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> 3dpalace2.com. No, That's the good thing about the internet, though. It's very portable. So, I mean, if anything did happen, you can just close down, restart, and off you go again. Um, and that's one of the things I really like about the internet. Have you ever been attacked? Because I remember the story where... About four times. Four times? <laughs> four times. Um, oh. The Chinese took us down... Well, not the Chinese. They weren't attacked by China, you know. <laughs> but some Chinese hackers took us down about two and a half years ago. Um, that was when we were stupid enough to run an IRC network through 3D Palace's server. And that's just, you may as well put up an invitation called, you know, come in here and have free things. Um, after that, we lost a lot of data, but I restarted and used backups. Um, there was an event, ooh, good which took Palace down again. We ended up um, with a load of, uh, we were rooted, I can't remember what the hell happened there. And then there were, a, ooh, a minor event about a year ago, where I had to do a full backup. And then, we weren't hacked, I just cocked up and lost all the data about three months ago. Yeah, um, I was I was doing something with the newsletter manager, and uh, lost all fifty five thousand accounts, and I was just sitting there going, "Where's everybody gone?" And then it kind of dawned on me, and I was like, "Oh Christ, no!" Yeah, I've uh, I've been in those situations. They suck, but you there's nothing like the extent of like three D total where somebody actually went into their office and super glued their backup CDs. <laughs> no, um, I mean mainly because uh, the 3D Palace office only contains me, so if someone came in I'd wonder who the hell they were for a start, <laughs> because no one ever visits us, uh, you know, with a, with a bastard child of 3D to be quite honest, you know, <laughs> we don't get many visitors. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed on your site you have a POG system. What is, what is oh, all of that God, about? POGs. Yeah, POGs were a brilliant idea at the time. The thing about POGs was uh, to encourage people to post. So whenever they posted on 3D Palace, their comment would win a POG. And uh, we based our kind of currency system on those small cardboard things. You know, those small cardboard toys. Because they were so useless. And we thought, you know, our currency system can be just as useless. And what we allowed people to do was use it to buy video tutorials with. Um, the sponsor membered ones, so they didn't have to upgrade, and it was great for a time. But then we upgraded the site, and the code stopped working. And then the coder who built it vanished somewhere. And then the new coder looked at the code for the POG system and kind of cried and ran away. And uh, that's kind of been it, really. I managed to get the POG system working again, so people can accumulate POGs, but they can't spend them on anything yet. Soon they'll be able to. As soon it's as kind we've of got this. Yeah. Able to get them working again in August. It's just um, we've got so much coding going on at the moment. To be honest, that I can't kind of spare anyone to go and work on it. But like, I think I have like a hundred pogs. Um, how much do you need to actually get something? Well, at the time, I mean, the free video tutorials are always free. But um, I think it was 250 or 400 pogs to download part of a sponsor member set. The idea was that we weren't giving it to people. Kind of, you posted ten times. Here, have everything. We love you. <laughs> it was a case of you know. If you really wanted it that badly, and you didn't have any money, then you could actually earn it a different way. And it worked well, and we will be doing it again. It might even be working by the time people listen to this. Probably won't, though. But um, it's just something we're going to have to work on, unfortunately. At the minute, when I click on the modify, here we are, modify cash level for this user, I get 404, so it's still not working. Yeah. Mm. So well, it will work eventually, though, and then Eagle will stop being so upset because he runs all our competitions. <laughs> uh, well, we're at 51 minutes. Um, do you have any final comments? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a I'm going to give a deadpan shout out to all my 3D Palace homies on IRC. 
Um, and a big hello to everyone on 3D Palace, uh, CG Talk, 3D World, 3D Total, Simply Mana, Simply Max, 3dsmax.nl. Uh, I'll just find my index. Yeah, I've got Pete Draper, the big man of 3D. You what are. about Jason Busby? Oh, big salutes to him as well, of course. And uh, oh god, what else? Uh, oh. oh yeah, Alex, Alex Alvarez. Uh, Alex Alvarez, if you're listening. You don't have a beard. I was thinking of somebody else. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. I thought you had a beard. I don't think you have. You might have a moustache. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really need to look at a picture. Top bloke, though. I've talked to him before. Oh, cool. Maybe I can have him on the show sometime. Um, I've seen him on CG Talks on our C network, but that was quite a while ago. But you should get in touch with him. He's a nice bloke, from what I gather. Okay, I'll send him an email. Hmm. Well, I think this is a nice long episode. It's a big contrast to the last episode, which was very calm and chill. Yeah, uh, that's because I talk a lot. Yeah, it's a good. It's a very good. It's a very good. It makes my job easier. Hey. All right. So say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye bye. Oh, and Chris, you're bye welcome. Bye. Chris, you're welcome <laughs> to come back on the show anytime you want. No, thanks. You'll probably regret that because I get bored on Sunday evenings and. You know, we you'll can, end up with a nine-hour podcast of me yeah. just we can have typing things. <laughs> we can have a drunken episode. Simon, I, and you can get drunk. I don't you know drink what? anymore. <laughs> no, no, you know what, Oliver? You know what, Oliver? You should do in that case. If you're going for a drinking episode, you probably want to interview Pedro del Toro. Pedro del Toro. Oh, yeah. lovely. And then you can explain all, all about the um, application you don't like. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd you'd enjoy an interview with Pedro del Toro. Okay, I'll send him an email. That's a good idea. Right. Yeah, I think he's still in prison in Bolivia, but they do forward his emails. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. That's good night. Good night. Good night.